0: Button. Good morning, everyone. Good evening. Let's start off with a prayer.
1: Oh, Sahana Vavatu, Sahana Hunatu, Sahavi Tejasvi Navadhi Tamastu ma Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, shanti. Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om
0: So, welcome to today's GD. First of all, I must uh, uh, tell you that... Uh, the the GD summary this time, Sakuba wrote for me. And uh, I had not listened to it uh, after we finished it last week because this week has been extremely busy for me. So Sakuba wrote it. And uh, thank you Sakuba for uh, summarizing that particular thing. So I'm uh, quickly summarizing what we discussed uh, last time, right? And uh, we we continued our discussion on Swadharma, the true identity and uh, some practical uh, tips as to how we can go towards our true identity. That's what we dis- we discussed, and one of the key points uh, that was mentioned was that uh, uh, the real swadharma, the the real swadharma is atman, and basically, what we are trying to say is that uh, uh, you know the, the of, of who we are that is that is a swadharma. We have to behave like that, but then the the uh, uh, the our nature our nature comes in between and. Therefore, we have to do what comes along with our nature step by step and progress and then move on towards our swarupa. And the other thing that we also talked about was that if we don't do our swadharma and we can never be at peace and it's going to be, you know, some sort of a restlessness or guilt that keeps building onto us. So that's also a corollary for us to identify how, if, how do we know whether we're doing something right or wrong? That was a question that was coming about. And I think it was beautifully explained uh, by Alpana in, in, in the chat, saying that if you feel guilty about not having done something, then you know that that is your nature. So, that's very, very important, uh, you know, uh, fire by trial or test of truth as to what, what we should be doing in our life. So, anytime, pause, pause, ask the question Will I feel guilty if I don't do it? If the answer is yes, you have no choice, you have to do it. That's your role. That's how we should do it. And why, why we should follow our Swadharma, which it is it, it removes the big shape of the distractions and hence it calms the mind. And when it calms the mind, it takes us to the right path. That We discussed that. Now, we also discussed some challenges about when we chase a goal, we put all efforts into that particular goal. But at the end of it, we also feel a little bit of emptiness. Why does it happen that way? And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that that was discussed was that uh, that's probably not our true goal that we are chasing. It's probably one of the intermediate steps, because once you've reached that particular goal, something has changed within you or something has changed within that particular goal that you're going to the next one. So it's a progressive, multi-step uh, progressive in the right direction, as long as you understand that what is your swarupa and what is your swadharma that you're doing. And we also had a, a, a discussion about, uh, you know, sin and papa. And we agreed that it's not always translatables. And I think, uh, you know, in that context, I want to share, there was a book that Muku had shared with me separately um, called Sanskrit Intranslatables. It's written by a guy called Rajiv, uh, uh, Mal, Rajiv Malhotra, I think. Uh, I haven't read that book, but, uh, uh, but uh, you know, uh, check, that, check that thing out okay then uh, we continued discussion on uh, who is responsible for our problems whether we are responsible for our problems or whether society is responsible for our problems and uh, um, how do we go about you know uh, in living in the society and i think the gist of that particular conversation was that uh, you know do what your heart wants to do and even if the society comes uh, in the way there is anyway a free will for us we talked about corruption we talked about uh, there was one more topic that we discussed, uh, I don't recall uh, one more, uh, uh, you know, day to day practical difficulty that we discussed. Corruption was one thing that we discussed. So then we talked about, you know, uh, black money, uh, giving black money to uh, go and buy the buy the homes and how would people behave in that particular situation. So the answer is, uh, there's always a plus and minus to everything. And uh, if you think you will be at peace with what your heart wants, then that is your swadharma. So just follow that swadharma. Uh, then, then we, we kind of you know went into an off-topic discussion, which was about uh, the need for gurus and whether we, can, uh, uh, whether we would really need gurus or not. And if so, is guru a person, an individual? I shared a particular blog article that I'd written several uh, um, uh, months back and I hope that was useful for you. So ultimately, guru is just a concept. It can be a person, it can be an individual. It really, really does not matter. What matters is, does it give some sort of a aha moment into, into our minds so that, you know, we are able to become closer and closer towards us Swarupa? So that's the thing. And, and the whole thing is, um, we also talked about one more thing, which is that the concept of um, uh, Atma is like a seed, okay, it's planted in our hearts. And when they, then all we have to do is start tilling the toil, uh, soil in our hearts and start watering that particular seed. So it'll start sprouting. And as it sprouts over a period of time, when it becomes a huge tree, then the entire vasanas and everything will get just dropped off. And then you will see who our is. So we are not doing anything to Atma. Okay, we are not, none of the spiritual practices are meant for the Atma because it doesn't need it. The spiritual practices are for the mind and its its understanding is also for the mind that's also been done for the mind so that's where uh, uh, you know we left off and then we in this gd we are going to discuss 38 39 and 40 which is the uh, you know the you know the practical aspects of how do you go about and get 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 forward to in our day to day life with the understanding of who we truly are so with that uh, you know we can probably kick off today's GD unless Sakubar or anybody else has any other points that I missed.
2: I think you covered whatever I could not talk.
0: <laughs> All right. So anyone can uh, start off with these three shlokas with your aha
2: moments. Yeah, so more of a query rather than an aha moment. Uh, you know when 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 swami C talks about 38th uh, shloka so he talks about the need for equilibrium uh, you know in three existences which is basically the intellectual side or the mental side uh, as well as on the physical side but the i mean one small query more of a semantic query rather than a, a, um, you know the actual intent part uh, what do they, uh, I mean, why does he associate pleasure and pain to intellectual and not to the physical? So I thought, uh, you know, the, you know, victory and defeat, I thought, you know, that was related to the intellectual part and uh, uh, pain and pleasure related more to the physical part, but whereas he has used uh, in the other in the exactly uh, opposite, any specific reason for that.
0: I actually felt that was a typo maybe I'm mistaken
3: the way I looked at it was uh, the victory or defeat is def- decided by the the physical thing right if you cross the mark you are victorious <laughs> if you're not you can't win in your mind or intellect so the victory when we when in the war it is declared specifically in those situations or even, Uh, victory in terms of, uh, you know, any sports you see. We say that we need to win within our mind, but actual victory will only happen when the buzzer goes off and you are on the the winning side. So that's how I felt that they're linking it to physical because it is the physical outcome. Um, and, uh, and, And pleasure and pain is more after that what happens within our, you know, mind and intellect. So that's how I thought about it, that he's saying that victory and defeat is more at a physical level because it is, and actually everybody sees it and is at the same, they, they understand it same, that who's the who's the winner. Whereas even a loser may feel he's a winner internally, you know, because of certain things, but not everybody will agree, right? That you are a winner. So that's how I felt it was more physical than than
2: the mental, what he's referring to, Jai Vijay. Okay, makes sense actually. So, um, especially I think the uh, you know the pain and pleasure relating to intellectual is like that. You know the the second arrow example that we talked about earlier, right? I mean the first arrow is the one that actually causes physical damage, and the second arrow is where you know is where my in the in our mind or in our intellect we feel the pain, I mean, the suffering. You know, is that. Yeah, probably that's the reason why it's yeah. related to intellect. So, uh,
0: Sakuma, just remind me once again: is that the concept of only two arrows, or there are three arrows in that that example? Two, only two, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Small uh, digressory point from there. I was reading a behavioral economics book, and there's this example. Um, so, Jack and Jill, both of them have five million dollars each. So if generally you ask people, they should have the same amount of happiness, but they don't because yesterday Jack had $1 million and Jill had $9 million. So the next day, even though both of them have the same amount of money, because they compare it to the relative levels, uh, their their happiness completely changes. And then one person would even be willing to, the, the person who started with 1 million would even be say, oh no, take one more million away. Just let me end at 4 million. They will still be happy. Then the other person, even if you add one oh, of five now, make it six or seven, they'll still be unhappy because they started with nine. So it's like this very nice thing about how we do not have like an absolute level of uh, where, where we call happiness or satisfaction. Everything is only relative to what we started as, what we started previously as our uh, status quo. And hence we, we do not have like a good way to g- gauge and measure Uh, where where our true happiness lies. Which I thought was very, very uh, well-fitting with uh, the the lessons in Advaita Vedanta.
0: And I only thought Jack and Jill went up the hill.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they went down the hill with this way of thinking. (laughs) By the way, that that book is called The Undoing Project. Uh, It is written by Michael Lewis, who is a very, very entertaining author. He wrote Liar Spoker, the movie, The Blind Side, Moneyball were all made of his books as well. This book covers the uh, friendship of two great psychologists, Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman. Uh, Daniel Kahneman won the Nobel Prize in economics, even though he did all his studies in uh, psychology. Uh, He kind of pretty much pioneered the field of uh, behavioral psychology. He also wrote the book Thinking Fast and Slow, how, How We Make Very Quick Gut Decisions and how we uh, like various uh, various biases that exist like availability bias or heuristic bias or endowment bias and so on all this very cool concept he he pioneered pretty much with this friend this is about the friendship as well as how they built all these uh, theories together
0: so Krishna if you can't if you can't post us the summaries of this book please at least post us the names of the books
4: sounds good we'll do we'll do
0: So maybe you know, I'll just kick off, right? If you look at Sloka 39, where Krishna is asking us to be equanimous, then uh, does it actually take the fun out of living? And are we living like a zombie moving around?
1: It's not taking
5: the fun out of living. It's, uh, it's balancing our lifestyle, I thought.
3: Fun
0: is in the journey. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, te- I'll tell you this, this, I, go- I... Was prompted, this question got prompted by someone who wrote to me, you know, they looked at the Chaturmasa book that we launched, right? And uh, he wrote back to me, you know, I see a lot of pictures of veggies and uh, fruits, but no chicken. Why? So I was wondering, okay, what's happening, you know? <laughs> so... You know, you know for, for, for that particular person, it was, uh, you know, uh, getting out of what they were normally doing to get get that quote-unquote happiness or satisfaction. And then suddenly it was not no more fun for him to do what the book was expecting people to do. So, Look, <laughs> that's, that's Rajesh, probably the that question.
6: Rajesh, let me guess. That was MP Singh, I guess.
0: No, no, no. It was not MP. It's somebody else. <laughs>
5: But you know, it's a, it's an interesting point. I mean, you know, the whole question of, uh, of, so, so, so to begin with, I mean, to me, uh, it doesn't take the fun out of living. It only balances your lifestyle. Uh, that's how I think about it. I mean, from a wide spectrum of outcomes, uh, very bad on one end and very exciting and happy on the other end, it kind of narrows that band. Uh, and that's kind of what is uh, samatvam or equanimity. So the way I think about it is that, you know, the, the, the phrase that kind of keeps many of us going, you know, the concept of uh, things will change uh, as you go along, things will never be great uh, always, things will never be bad always. Uh, so that kind of is something that we've all practically sort of uh, witnessed. Uh, so, so, so one is that, the other is time heals. So it's probably the same thing, but, uh, but that sort of, uh, it works practically. Because you know, good times don't last, and bad times don't last. And to the question, the, to the particular question, Rajesh of uh, you know, not eating non-veg or chicken, for example, I think that is a slightly different thing in the sense that that is a question of choices you make, right? It is not about. I mean, yeah, it gives you happiness. I mean, you can you can use the same analogy that you know, your first kind of bite is very exciting, the second one is less, so the third one is probably. You know, you're okay, right? Uh, but more importantly, I think the whole chaturmasa thing is is around choice, healthy living, uh, slightly different from this whole question of equanimity, which which is which is obviously fundamental to sort of uh, karma yoga or uh, the teachings of Krishna. But uh, I think that is a slightly different concept in my sort of understanding.
6: So I think Rajesh, if I were to answer your question, I would say that um, if you are uh, looking for fun, then you are getting more caught up in samsara. And the way at least I think about this, um, and if you are, you know, if you're, if you're uh, aspiring for moksha or uh, you know, getting out of this uh, birth-death uh, reincarnation cycle. Uh, then, you know, it's not really, I mean, you're not looking for fun, right? So then your, your goal is so different that uh, all this should not matter. I think that's how I sort of think about it in my head. So, yeah, if you're totally into samsara, then yes, it takes out the fun. But if you are thinking to sort of almost reach the escape velocity and get out of that, uh, you know, the uh, revolving thing into space, then, then probably, you know, I think you are having more fun trying to solve that puzzle to how to get to that escape velocity.
7: Yeah, I think um, yeah. I was just about to say that VP that it depends on your definition of fun. So
5: Exactly. You know. <laughs> I mean, those who have gone through the, the Chaturmasa experience, I mean, frankly, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, I I, I don't understand why only <laughs> chicken yeah. having knowledge is fun. I mean, it was great fun. I mean, I'm sure anyone of you who, who kind of, you know, show some courage and joins us uh, this year. You will, you will witness it for yourself. I mean, it is, it is great fun, and I mean, this is a great group, of course. But just within yourselves, you feel really great. So I think there's a misplaced notion of what is fun for whom and when. I mean, it was, it was fun at some point, but maybe it's not today, or it'll be different tomorrow. So that's changing.
8: My goal is to join tomorrow next next year, definitely. <laughs> uh, next, year uh, but-
5: been, next year, has been next year, as in coming year, you mean?
8: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I right will. Right uh, to, yeah. Small step at a time. I'll try to do a little bit. Great yeah. uh, so, I I know you talked about the aha moment. It may not be aha moment, but it's something that I noticed this week. Yeah. I hear some. So I do agree with you, Ajay VP and everyone, and Manu. Um, so. It, so, I, I, so every every day I try to watch 20 minutes or 30 minutes of TV um, at the end of the day. And uh, someone told me that um, this family man two season released, right? So uh, on the other note, what I want to sta- start with is the context is what you take in, the body is what you take in, right? So that's why Chaturmasa and all helps to balance, right? So after, look, after watching this family man, too, and with each episode, I was getting raged. It, it, it's a very serious drama. It's not like a it's, a, it's all fighting and all, all that stuff. And you can, if you start watching it, you, you'll see it. And I, I didn't understand why I was getting raged and anxious and what, what. I did different from last week. I was trying to understand that and I I, I did uh, realize that it was family man <laughs> that was causing me unnecessary before sleep watching that, right? I stopped watching it since like two days. There's a slight change, definitely a change. Then also I had a discussion with um, uh, a few people, um, my daughter and my husband and I said like uh, why do we try to defend ourselves right so someone says something and the other person is trying to defend right no no I'm I did because so and so and I I don't consider now I realized recently um, that we don't have to defend ourselves before the family right we other person can say if I'm trying to get raged, right? The other person can say, calm down, mom, we'll talk, right? So so I told them, I told them, you have every right to say that. We can just tell me calm down and I will say that to you too. If you are getting raged, I'll say that. Let's see how it's going to act in our lives. Hopefully it'll calm down. So this was a, I don't say aha moment yet because I haven't seen the outcome yet, but um, definitely the, what I was watching definitely um, didn't help me, right? So if you watch something like a calming video, you can see how it impacts you. Like if you listen to Vishnu Sahasranama and all that, right? So th- there's a difference what you take in. Uh, That's, that's my two cents today.
2: Just can I add something? Uh, So, so, uh, you know, Lakshmi, you I completely, um, uh, you know, agree with the feeling that you have gone through because most of us would have gone through the similar, what you eat, what you read, what you watch, you know, all those things definitely um, have an impact on how we behave, um, you know, with people around us. Uh, So we have probably two choices, right? One is completely give up all these things and then, um, you know, watch only the um, the Sattvic things. I mean, ultimately, we, we all want to reach there. But, you know, of course, it is a step, right? So uh, we completely stop everything and then do only, uh, you know, we watch the only the right, very right things uh, and so on. or. You know develop some kind of uh, i mean you know the what this shloka also talks about you know in terms of development and develop an attitude where you know you are like uh, you know that water on a uh, lotus uh, leaf right i mean it, it doesn't uh it doesn't stick at all right i mean a water on a uh, lotus uh, this thing it doesn't stick at all so it's something like that if you so then we can probably i'm not saying that you know go to the extreme and do things you know which which are Absolutely, you know falling under the category of rajasekar uh, tamsik uh, but i am saying that you know we we can do um you know certain uh, things and if you if you can uh, if you can develop an attitude of uh, not getting that if you have that control then i think uh, you
8: know you're right to, you're, you're... Yeah, you're right in the sense that, um, yeah, if I could still maintain my equilibrium after watching Family Man 2 or whatever, then I could go ahead and watch. But I haven't attained that state, right? Till then, till attaining that state, I have to probably do what's good for me, right? So I, I don't know, That that's that's my
9: take, yeah. So, so Lakshmi, we are all in uh, work in progress, right? You know for, you are taking an example of family man. I'm taking an example of Gita Satsang. Getting up in the morning and Sunday, eight o'clock for me, spending this one and a half hours with this group is, has such a positive impact. Um, so I, I think there are examples of both. But the, for me, the balanced way of life has really expanded the opportunities for various experiences in life. We used to, at least I used to approach them in a little more in a biased manner. Good and bad doesn't come in bundles. It just, we, we have some interpretation. We avoid some experiences. We go towards some experiences. More I started to neutralize those. I felt there are many more opportunities to really grab in life um that I was maybe talking to more people without any biases I was trying to pick up uh, you know different uh, you know it could be as simple as different books different vacation spots different opportunities at work I think it, it opened up many more they, it, it rather than narrowing them down I think it has broadened the opportunities is what I felt. and sorry for the background noise
0: That's well said, uh, Shamala, especially when you say that, you know, you, 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 it opens up opportunities to interact with more people without any biases. That's very important because bias comes because of something else. Uh, I see two hands raised, Manu and uh, V.P. Please go, one of you. V.P., you can go. I think you raised your hands
6: first. So I was, I was just uh, uh, saying another point about, uh, you know, somebody liking chicken or something else um perhaps this is also related to the vasanas that we have talked about in the past right for them maybe you know in their previous life uh, they haven't had their fill of whatever it was and therefore they are more looking for that and and i think uh, that's okay Uh, but the whole idea of um, the way i've understood is to move forward on spiritual journey is to give up things so that you realize that you can live without them. And I think in one of the lectures, uh, uh, Swami Anugavananda Ji talked about it very nicely, that uh, you know, once, you, once you give up something, then you realize that, yes, you can live without it, and it's not that important. Um, so that's one point I wanted to make. Um, and on the lighter note, you know, I'm a big fan of Manoj Bajpayee too. Um, and I was thinking of watching this family event too. Uh, but then I realized that you know, it's going to take eight or nine hours of my life, um, so I happened to read the review and, uh, and I was so filled, uh, I felt so satiated after reading the review that my desire to watch Family Man 2 went away this morning. I was like, yeah, I don't really need to now watch it because I pretty much know what's going to be happening in this. And the review was obviously fantastic. Uh, so, so what I'm saying is that uh, surprisingly, uh, by just reading the review, the desire to go and spend eight hours watching that uh, show, uh, has completely disappeared for me. So just thought I'll share with you guys.
0: That's 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 interesting. What both of you mentioned, right, Lakshmi and BP. But here is a uh, you know a counter thought that I want to uh, ask. Right, I'll assume that you have not gone through this this uh, uh, understanding what Gita says about who we are and what our pursuit of happiness is going to be and all that stuff. How would we have reacted? In the past, let's say five years, five years back or ten years back, how would we have reacted to the situation that we are in today? You know, want to watch House of Cards or Family Man or whatever that you talk about, right? Oh, I
6: would have have been to a different
0: decision.
6: I I would have even till last year, (laughs) I would have just binge watched the Family Man. Absolutely, no doubt. It's a weekend, right? So you might as well do that.
8: I would have just gone ahead, yeah.
9: (laughs) Same here. Maybe
8: there could have been intervals where I would have stopped and let said, okay, maybe some other day, not today, but that's it.
0: Yeah. The reason why I asked that question is very simply, you know, at the end of the day, even though sometimes we feel that you know, we may not have understood what our true goal is, what our, this thing is, what happens is we start anchoring ourselves to something else than what it is, what we have been currently anchoring on. Because this knowledge is starting to work on us. Whether we like it or not, that's a reality. That's what I want to share with you. That's why we're making different choices, not because of anything else.
7: Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add that, you know, um, when you watch such a show that uh, bothers you in some way or, <clears throat> or read something that, you know, is upsetting your balance, I think uh, it's an opportunity to start acting on, you know, how to bring back the balance. So um, I remember like when I, yeah, so first of all, I do, do not watch horror films because <laughs> it bothers me. But if I watch something that is scary or, you know, um, unsettling, I, I like, I've, I've used this in the past and I, I feel like it's uh, sort of what we can use even in our daily lives, you know, to also separate ourselves from, you know, our world. Yeah, if there's something that you didn't like in your in in your experiences, so I I would imagine that you know there's a whole bunch of people there who are making the movie. You know, obviously it's not real and and that kind of thing. So, it, and and I think we can do the same thing. Like if something you know some experience actually not not in a movie but in life upsets us, we can take that step back and and say okay you know this is not real or this is not really impacting me you know try to use that same kind of framework to uh, distance ourselves from that experience so that you know we can regain that balance of uh, you know so i feel like we can use these um, i mean maybe, maybe we don't go out looking for these experiences but if we happen to have them I happen to watch something that is unsettling in some way, that uh, we use it as, as an opportunity to develop that ability to separate ourselves from that experience. Actually, that's a very interesting point, Manu, that you raised because
3: um, I could never watch TV. So I've never watched much TV. Um, even as a kid, I couldn't. Um, maybe after having this understanding, I should try watching TV and see if I can watch it, you know, distance myself from it. Because, yes, I think I kind of now feel that I couldn't watch because I get too involved in it and uh, I feel part of it. So I just don't want to watch it. Maybe I should try it, give it a try and watch something to see if I can distance myself and see it, yeah.
7: Yeah, it, it it has worked for me, like, especially if I watch something that's uh, scary or, you know, I'm like, okay, this is not real. This is not like that guy is not really experiencing. It. It's just a movie, you know, <laughs> and there are five other people or 10 other people standing there all around him, making that movie. He's not alone in that whatever cave or <laughs> whatever scary situation he's in. <laughs> for me no, it's we...
3: horror soap opera drama comedy, anything <laughs> even you know i couldn't watch that guy that who's doing that uh, yosemite uh climb yeah
8: honest you know, i couldn't watch it, <laughs> it but sad. again but again what manu is saying you, you're saying that that's so profound in the sense that yeah. <clears throat> you can Uh, apply the same concept to real life too right not even watching I'm not of course one is watching a movie or something episode or whatever but even in real life everything is Maya right so you can you can apply the same concept probably
7: yeah that's what I was thinking that we can use this you know watching tv or whatever yeah to start practicing that, that you know even in real life I can Separate myself from those unsettling experiences.
9: I think here is where uh, what Rajesh said that he formulated a thing, right? If I'm Brahman, how would I react to these? I think that was a very useful way of looking at the situation. Can be applied to watching TV or any other situation?
0: Yeah, but, like yeah. that was easy but, to. Yawala, you know, I'll I'll also go back against what I said, right? Because you know, think about it this way: how we have learned riding a cycle. You know, initial days of riding a cycle, you need those training wheels. And when the training wheels, without the training wheels, there's a security in the training wheels mm-hmm. that you'll not fall. And at the same time, you know, you you it's guiding you in a particular way. The same thing happens in our life. And every time you can't say, I, if I'm Brahman, how am I going to react? If you if put, put that thing, then what's going to happen is we will start getting into multiple situations and then trying to extricate ourselves, but we will not be able to extricate ourselves from those situations. So initially when we are training ourselves you know we will have to go through in gradual steps the first step is avoidance if you already know like for example family man is going to cost rage in me the first step is not thinking of yourself as brahman by watching family man but as well say i don't want I, i'm going to put my training wheels on not not watch that tv now that's the first step so you know please do not apply what i said at all the, all the time that that will not work <laughs>
9: No, that, that, that's great point uh, Rajesh and, and I completely agree and uh, I think that's where uh, VP brought out this point of eight hours is it worth my life and I have started using a similar kind of a qualification when I sit in front of a TV and obviously there are many people who are making different choices at home. But the minute I see a lot of negativity and that's not my choice, I think almost the headphones are going up and I'm starting to see the videos that I would like to watch or maybe pick up a book that I want to read. And earlier, I used to even get agitated why these are being played in the first place. Right Now I said, okay, you would like to watch, please go ahead and watch. Let me insulate myself from absorbing this. So I think you're you're right. Those training wheels have to be used. And I think those kind of uh, criteria needs to be applied. But at the end of the day, if you need to develop that kind of a little bit of an equilibrium, like Manu said, even these techniques are helping, right? You know, just keep reminding yourself of what we are learning. Um, the other day, I think uh, when we were going to the Nirvana Shatakam, it said, uh, keep reminding yourself that you are a seeker and keep your seeker identity throughout the day. And uh, I think that that will help kind of neutralize your reactions to to some extent. That That's what I was definitely
0: to. Absolutely. So Vidya, you raised your hand.
10: Yeah, I was going to um, talk to what Manu said. <clears throat> um, so, when we watch uh, movies, uh, maybe it's uh, Pilani background or something. I can't watch TV either. I get uh, perturbed um, because there was no TV at that time. <laughs> so, now when you're married to a person who watches City Boy, who watches TV, with full of, uh, you know, Dishum, Dishum, and all spy and it's, it's uh, very uh, difficult to watch that, but I have been doing that for 20 years now. But recently in like last two, three years, I can see that I can calm myself down. Maybe the seeker thing is coming into play and I'm, I can, I'm able to sit. In fact, I think it was two days ago when we were or, uh, last night or Friday night, when Alpana sent a message um, about Dr. V. Krishnamurti's lecture, and then here yeah, that disham disham is going on. And I said, okay, what should I do? And that's the choice that you make. Uh, you know, you listen to what you want to listen and then enjoy what you want to do. Uh, and that way, you know, you bring that samatvam, right? Sukha duka, <laughs> or whatever you want to at that point do and still be with the family as well as enjoy yourself and um, get the whole benefit of, who we are, or what we are doing in this samsara. So, uh, <laughs> it's a ama- it's a choice, but it's just amazing how we are brought up, and how you get married to another person who is brought up totally different, and still just you know mesh together and be happy. So, just wanted to share that.
7: This as a as a funny story, you know. We're talking about unsettling, you know, fight sequences or whatever, but. Um... Uh, many years ago when my kids were littler um, we were watching a Hindi movie and they don't know Hindi so they were reading the subtitles and uh, it was a Shahrukh Khan movie and there's Madhuri Deekshir and, and <laughs> uh, you know and at the end of the movie uh, she tells him uh, I don't love you and he he's like you haven't loved me for even a minute. And she said, no, I have never loved you, not even for a minute. And my daughter, my older daughter started crying. (laughs) I'm like, what happened? It's like, she was running around with him dancing. Now she says she doesn't love him. (laughs) She had gotten so involved with the plot of that movie, even though she didn't even understand what was going on. And she was so upset. And I think, uh, you know, so we can get very involved and get upset in like all kinds of movies, right? Even things that we think are are not really that upsetting. Like for us, we know that this is just a movie, you know, for kids, they don't know yet and they get more involved. And I think for us, we sort of get more involved with movies or, you know, subject that maybe not so familiar with us. So it seems more sort of realistic. Um, and again, I, I feel like, you know we can use those as opportunities to distance ourselves from what's going on around us, so yeah, but that was just very funny. <laughs> yeah. She was crying so much, and I was laughing.
2: <laughs> no, but, but you know, who among us wouldn't have cried uh, watching Tarizam and Tarizam in right? So, I i think it is okay. I mean, I mean, there are so many vasanas that are there in our uh, the thing, and then when you watch, you know, you cry. But are you? Am I taking it, you know, am I thinking about it for a long time, am I, um, you know, taking it too much is where I think we can make a difference. But I think it is okay to watch, okay to cry.
10: (laughs) Yeah, Satya, that's right. But uh, like how Lakshmi was saying, if you are watching something and that is making you agitated and you take it to the next day, you know, that's what I think she was referring to. That moment is fine. But then as seekers, we have to come back to say that, you know, we are... It's yeah, okay. And then not carry too, too long. I, I think that's where we need to go. And in, in not just movies, but like how Manu said, in our daily lives too. <laughs> so I think that's where it, it becomes harder. And we have to keep remind, reminding ourselves.
2: Even food, right? I mean, so, you know, people... Uh, I mean, why, uh, why is, uh, say, onion or garlic and other things are not considered as, uh, uh, you know, a Sattvic food? Because they, they create some kind of reactions in your body, right? I mean, so you can, ultimately, we all want to give it up. And many of us would have already done, uh, would be in that journey. So I think this is also something... Similar, actually. So zero or so, one, uh, you know, for some people it can be just like a, you know, um, switching it on and switching it. And for some people it is more of a, you know, the zero to one is not a binary one. They actually go through the, the shades of that and then become one. At least I'm on that journey, so I don't want to feel yeah. guilty actually, because you know, if, if I feel guilty, then Alpana will say that you know that's there. That you know, feeling guilty is also. You know, that, that should, I, I don't want this to be my uh, subhav, actually. Right? But um, I haven't reached, you know, that, that stage of uh, on-off yet. I want to reach there.
8: I, so, I think on um, page 17, right, the, the last sentence, I thought is very um, summed up. Every challenge should be estimated from the spiritual standpoint as well as from the intellectual standpoint of reason, from the emotional level of ethics and morality, and from the physical level of tradition and custom. I was amazed they also included tradition and custom. So it uh, sums it up fully. If all these considerations without any contradiction indicate a solitary truth, then that is surely the divine path that one should pursue at all costs.
7: Yeah, and actually the sentence before that, it says a a mere spiritual consideration should not be the last word in the evaluation of all material situations. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good. So, so right. another
0: thought, right? Just moving the conversation to another part of it. So, okay, now uh, from a state of where we were, uh, where we, you know, uh, where we were involved in watching, watching a movie, or you know, involved in our real life. Now we we've, we've got that quote unquote knowledge to say, okay, I'm going to step back and analyze whether I want to be involved in this or I, I don't want to be involved in this, and then we take a decision, and, and most of the time we are taking quote unquote, let's say, better decisions. Okay, now suddenly. You know there is a certain amount of time that that we are not spending on uh, you know not watching something or not doing something, and there's a mental space that's available. So what are we going to do with that equanimous mental space that we have? How do we? How are we going to use that?
6: <clears throat> Rajesh Bhagobindam,
0: explain, explain.
6: No, what I mean is that. Uh... You can, you can. I mean, I think this is what I have learned over the last one year that if you start spending more time on spiritual readings and listening to the lectures, etc., I think that's that's how you use that free time that you get, right? Rather than you know w- watching a serial for an hour, um, you know, picking up let's say this book or any other book or understanding the meaning of Bhagw in them can be really. Um, an eye-opener. So that's what I mean. But when you have free time, you know, you will find other things that really push you forward on your journey that you have in a way taken a sankal to move forward on, right? So that's what I would say.
9: Shramanam mananam nidityasam is what I would say, Rajesh.
0: Yeah, well said. You know, for someone someone like me, there's, there's another thing also that I, I would do, right? You know, for example, I'm extremely bad at maintaining things inside the home. You know, things are crazy put lying everywhere and i always have end up fights with my with my wife on that and i i try very hard to switch off the tv and then try to you know clean up the place a little bit that's one of the other things that i do that you know at least earn some brownie points right but uh, it doesn't happen all the time so
10: in my case um my husband sees me take off time for all these spiritual activities and do my mantra chanting, Gita and all that thing. And he, and um, Ekadasi fasting. So he said, maybe um, you can get up early in the morning uh, instead of doing this and, <laughs> and um, you know, spend some time with my um, second uh, child with the uh, practice. So I said, wow he's he's giving me a totally different <laughs> you know aspect of it so i was I was thinking that I can actually put that when he's doing something um, his practice, maybe I can get up, and I can do my chanting. so I was just thinking maybe I can do both, but then I'm conflicted that should I do one thing at a time or two things together so that that's my conflict and just putting the question out there. Um, how to go about doing two things
0: yeah yeah i see what you're saying it
8: you know i uh, was it here in gita or somewhere i did i read probably they say that whatever you are doing uh, something like karma yoga right so if you're if you are doing something with expectation then 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 you have to do it start to end complete it as uh, as required right with full concentration follow all the steps but if you are doing it uh, without expectation then in this case, right, your Japa or whatever you're talking about, um, then, then you don't have to follow all the steps. You, you didn't have to go through all the steps, like uh, you have to do this way, that way and all, right? So um, what is not expectation? There's some background noise, but what, what is your expectation out of it? That's what you have to think, I guess. I don't know if it makes sense.
1: I think we'll be lost
8: for some time. Oh, yeah, what, what I was saying is um, when, when you try to do these things, uh, whether it is um, Puja or whether it is Japam, or anything else, right? Chanting or anything. Um, if you're expecting an outcome, if you're expecting something out of it, then then it has to follow certain steps meticulously. So otherwise if you're not expecting, then you can do as is. So so I don't know with you what your expectations are, if any. Uh, so depending on that, so maybe your expectation is to also simultaneously uh, is to calming okay. your mind and and do something yeah to help out your kid right so mm. I don't yeah. know so based on that if it answers your no
10: there is uh, no expectation of calming my mind or any of those sorts um, I think I've come to that place uh, by chanting my last four years. Um, it's just become a routine, and it's it's, uh, it, it's it just um, it spiritually it just enhances my being. I can only say that. But I think the conflicting part is that I have still the samsara of being with my, you know, second child and supporting him. Um, I think that's where my conflicting um, thoughts are. That I have to spend time with with him. And I feel that I'm spending more time in being spiritual.
8: Oh, okay. Um, so in this case, I think, um, I mean, as a yeah. as a swather, yeah, you, you have to be a mom, can, right? Can I, so, can I say something? Yeah. yeah so I don't think yeah. so. You should have any, I mean, I'll let others say so. But I, I think you can do both if you don't have any expectations here. Yeah, I have
10: to. Uh, I, I think I have to find the balance uh, to to do both and be okay with how I'm doing it.
11: Mahesh, yeah, I wanted to say something. Uh, uh, yeah. For your question, you know, I mean, whether I should spend time with your son or do japa. I mean, I think there was some example somewhere I was reading, you know. uh, One lady was attached to her baby and she couldn't do japa. And she asked the same question to mother, you know, uh, I mean, um, Sardar Devi, what I should do? You know, this question, I mean, comes out to my mind when you ask me. So, mother asked, Whom do you pray? She, she said, Krishna. So then she said, Treat your son as Krishna and do it. You do both together. You know? So, I mean, that is uh, the solution which I see. I mean, I don't think so. There's a conflict here at all in your case, uh, uh, thinking of what to do. Here, the question is simple. I mean, uh, see this itself as a spiritual practice and go ahead. Treating your son, at helping even Mudanga itself is a spiritual practice, and your mind thought is that. I think you can go ahead with that. I mean, that is what I think so. Huh?
10: Very well that's, said.
0: That's, that's the next sloka which Mahesh, you know, I'm going to read out, the, read out the thing, right? The requisite mental attitude towards the self has been taught to you. Now hear about it in respect to the way of action, karma yoga, being endowed with such an attitude. Oh, Partha, you will get rid of the bondage of actions. I mean, I'm not reading from the book that we're reading, but from, from this one, it's two dot, two dot, explanation for 2.39.
10: So with your nice
0: segue, you know, the equanimity yeah. of mind is the first step. After equality of mind, what do we do, you know, in this real life situation? Yours, yours is a beautiful example of how we should go about that particular thing, our activities, day-to-day activities. And I think Mahesh articulated 2.39 so well with that beautiful example. And that's what I, I was getting in my previous question, right? Okay. After equality of mind, how do you go about our day-to-day life?
3: I think Vivek has raised, hand. I don't think you can see it because it's <laughs> Gelling with the...
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vivek, go ahead.
12: Yeah, no, I to But first, I think it's very interesting to see Mukundan I think he's making a cup of tea. I can... I, we can hear this. <laughs> yeah, he probably is not aware that there's... Uh, uh, his his uh, sound is on. Uh, but, but on this on this particular topic, which Mahesh has explained so well, uh, actually, Sharmik Sarabhya has an example. Uh, he talks about when, at, you know, late at night, uh, late one evening at Lucknow Airport, uh, he was stopped by, uh, he was being checked by uh, the security guards, and who asked him for, you know, a tip, a celestial tip, uh, or a spiritual tip, and uh, he said, like, listen, I mean, you know, who do you worship? He said, they said Hanuman. They said, so each time when you get a passenger come through that you know, you're checking, uh, think that there, that's a, that's an offering to Lord Hanuman. So uh, that's just to reinforce what Mahesh said. But easier said than done. It's not not so easy uh, to do that.
6: Rick, I heard the same uh, story. I thought that was fabulous on his part. The way Swamiji explained this uh, notion that even a security guy who's risking you, uh, because he believes in Hanuman and does the prayer to Hanumanji before he comes to work, he can think of everyone. Who's coming through the airport as Hanumanji, and you know, just pray internally. I thought, yeah, that was a fabulous, fabulous story.
10: Yeah, thanks, Vipi and uh, Vivek. Uh, I think uh, Manu. I think you had forwarded that. Now I remember. <laughs> so maybe yeah. I will see him as Hanumanji. <laughs> and, uh,
5: yeah. it, it's beautiful. I mean, like, even Sarva. Sar- 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 sorry, Sar- Sar- kind of also goes on to then, kind of just articulate the, the same point a little further and says, just do your duty. And uh, and then merge that sort of thought with work is worship, which what we've heard sort of forever, right? Uh, And 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 you kind of you know solve uh, both the things, which is you do your duty and you do it uh, as an offering to the Lord. That's going to be very powerful.
0: And and you know, just I just want to add one thing here. Just taking taking the discussion a little off track. Sorry for it. Sorry for that. See, uh, there's one concept of in this in this Western world that comes up comes up uh, quite often, and they, which is the thing about mindfulness and being in the present and all that stuff, right? So, with the, in in what you explained, you know, you know, you know, one one case is. Uh, uh, doing something with, with the kid and uh, with your kid, and at the same time trying to use the same time for something else. That was a conflict that you had in your mind, right? And I think you know, this being in the present seems to be you know associated with being in the present in the particular time. In my view, I don't think that is what it is. If, if being in the present means being involved in the work what we what we are trying to do. So that this this word mindfulness and being in the present in the Western context seems to Say that okay, do one thing at a time, right? But then, application of do one thing at a time is probably not the right way. They are saying okay, chronological time to keep doing one thing at a time, but that's not how it is. It's a mental state. You can do multiple things because you cannot you cannot say you know I am going to be mother for 15 minutes. I am going to be you know a, a business manager for 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 the next 15 minutes. That's not going to work. All the things are going to happen simultaneously in our mind. We it has it's there in our mind. So at the end of the day, we have to. Okay, in our mind, are we able to make that switch and say, okay, now all these roles, whatever that I think I am is coalescing and working on one particular aspect at this point of time. Although in physical world, we may be doing multiple things.
10: Yeah. Rajesh, very well said. So um, look, you know, getting these answers from everyone really is helping me think. And this is how I'm thinking now um, in, in this short 10 minutes is I know when, when they play Mridangam, it's like, I'm only thinking of what he's playing. So all the bowls and, um, you know, Notiswarams, everything is coming in my mind. So I'm not able to chant. And that's what my conflict was. Um, and when people say like, now you can think of either Krishna or, you know, Hanumanji. So now I don't have to worry about all that thing that I'm not able to chant. I can just think of, i am praying with those notuswarams or those uh, bowls that you can call so i think that has changed my thinking how you guys have helped me
0: try the, try this next time when you when you do when you get yeah. this muku was telling me about this um, you know i believe uh, that the, the the languages sanskrit and tamil both came up when uh, shiva did this damru right uh, mahesh it's called maheshwara sloka that was you know transcribed okay. by by the uh, sages in the north india and that became sanskrit and by agastya and others in south india and that became tamil as the mother languages that's uh, what Muko was saying. but the, but that's not the point the point is that is that is more to kind of you know show off that i understood that part of it okay so but but the point is like you know uh, uh, when you when you listen to the mridangam being played you know just pause for those instances where there is no sound there is silence in between those drum beats now that's nididhyasana for you that's omkara when you're kind of you know the sound is there but then when you're when you're intently looking for that pause then you'll enjoy the sound much more
10: wonderful yeah that that is beautiful in fact uh, a matches match is going on and he is watching that uh, so their guru have this um, 20 25 people and they have divided them into four groups and because of covid everybody is uh, uh, learning uh, via Zoom or Skype. So, to just encourage kids, they have four teams, and it's like a cricket match going on. Who plays better? Who plays good nades? Who plays this and and the pauses and the sound and the texture. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm missing that, but I'm I'm having this fun. Krishna, uh,
0: just
4: to add to one one point that was mentioned, work is worship. So I was just recently reading about that. Um, that That is actually a very uh, high level stage, doing work is worship stage. So the first step with Karma Yoga that, that appealed to me was like work and worship. You do both. And then you do work as worship, which is the uh, treating every passenger as a Hanuman or uh, every every person we meet as Krishna. And then eventually it becomes to work is worship. And then similarly for shloka, connecting that to shloka 14 to, uh, I saw about like the actions being uh, connected to, or like it starts about karma yoga and then there are three types of uh, human activities. So one that we do with selfish and egocentric desires. And then the second part was uh, work that's performed with unselfish desires. That's like the next evolved stage. And then the final one is action without any desires at all, like how we uh, kind of uh, climb up the, the three stairs of various actions and our attitude towards to it. And then my favorite uh, music analogy, since you mentioned, um, I was re- uh, listening to this uh, Bhagavan Ramana Maharishi's Charitram history. And uh, one example actually, he actually wrote about this experience of uh, getting that self-realization he mentions that uh, once once I realized that state, I kind of became like that shruti box. I am the saw always going on. And my entire life is musical notes. It's like various uh, songs coming in, playing, and a lot of people chiming in. It all becomes various notes. But I am always able to stay in the saws, the shruti box, in the, in the background, that uh, eternal Atman observer consciousness thing, which I thought was just too beautiful not to mention. <laughs> Thank you.
6: Krishna, that begs a question I'm tempted to ask. What do you do till you get to that stage? Um,
4: so
10: I Sadhana. Think that, that's <laughs> Sadhana. That's but, what I yeah, would say.
4: Yeah. Right. So I think that is still, till we get to that stage is the, the first one. So at least we are all like in the, from what I understand, the first stage where we do a lot of things that might have a egocentric desire or a selfish desire. We kind of elevate it to uh, something where we can do unselfish this year I think Swami SP also speaks a lot of that like when you expand your uh, your impacting beyond yourself your family or your town and how I can do something that can benefit a wide group of people or or have an impact on the uh, on the society then that kind of elevates you to that next level and then from there uh, you you kind of do all this karma yoga bhakti yoga combination, Till, till you get to the the
6: saw mode. great thank you
3: I think he just adds uh, one small thing in there that uh, yeah the, the first step is selfish by any means the second one is selfish with righteous means so so I think that that's, that's just in middle he, he mentions Swamiji that uh, do it first righteously even selfish uh, things
9: and if I may uh Taking to the next question that I had in Sloka 38, 39, I think. What is the law of destiny? There was a law of karma and there is a law of destiny that was mentioned.
3: Before we get there, Vivek, was it related to, to anything that we were discussing? I see you're raising. I
12: was, uh, <coughs> I'm still mulling over the point. I mean, I was thinking whether how how do you explain this to somebody who has just gone through what we have seen happen in India and you know, places like Delhi? I mean, there's so many cases where people have just lost fa- key family members in minutes. In you know the, the whole the entire geography of families has been changed uh, in a matter of no time at all. And you know there's been so so much. Uh, sort of helplessness, if you will. You know, people with lots of money, lots of resources have not been able to do anything. But I, I haven't formulated very well. Sorry, I raised my hand expecting I'd have something to say. But I think I mean, what we're talking about is, you know, in the normal course, treating workers worship. But when the gates of hell open, so to say, as, as they have in the last few months, um, it's, it's a I, and and I, I guess the point I was trying to think of is that you know at that moment to call this experience to call this it call on this wisdom if you will it takes how does one do that you can't I, I don't think there's an automatic switch one can throw it is it you, you you need to have that practice to bring it to bear right I mean uh, taking the example of uh, Arjuna, Arjuna is getting this wisdom on the battlefield, uh, but at the end of it, he still doesn't, uh, he still thinks he's still sort of confused uh, right through to the end of end of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know whether I'm making sense in this, uh, in, in what I'm saying. That the actual practice of what we've just talked about over the last half an hour is uh, is a lot more challenging when you're actually put in a position of great despair Yeah, uh, which, is, which is Arjuna's mindset really
0: yeah so Vivek I was just listening to one uh, lecture by Swami Guru Parananda he says he jokingly he says you know one, uh, one uh, Shushya went to a guru and he said uh, Guruji one of the you know I have to develop one ability and uh, that ability is patience and uh, I don't know I'm not getting it quickly and he's and you know the guru laughs at him and he says you know patience will come only through patience you know, be patient right i think i think to your point vivek i think at the end of the day fir is the mantra vivek you know the fact that you know we we understand that there's a different reality than what the reality that we experience but we still are in in an, in, in in the reality of you know the samsara that we that we have where we see births and death happening and we still associate with that um, we, we will have to go through the process of FIR, right? You know, in our own mind, you know, putting, taking each of the life situations as an opportunity to, you know, uh, to to kind of you know go through the pleasure and pain and loss and uh, all that thing. You know, keep crying and to to uh, you know Sakuba's point, it's okay to cry during watching Thare or Inpar. I don't think there's any problem with it. Like going through those 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 emotions and with the recognition that you know this is not, it's not going to last forever. It's going to go away. That over a period of time will build that mental fortitude that you know you'll be able to make that switch at some point of
3: time. Vivek, I just wanted to add that you know we know of people you know even from this group um, who had some of these unfortunate uh, incidents and also from other Gita group. Every single person said that knowing that Atma goes on, it helps. You know, somewhere at the back of your mind, if you're convinced that yes, only the physical body is gone, it takes yes, it takes time to deal with that news, and rightly so. You know, you've been associated with the person for a lifetime; it deserves its own uh, attachment and uh, grief as well. But somewhere, it does help. So, so that's what everybody on the Gita group said that. In this and others that somewhere knowing that you know the person is still there um, in the subtle body as an atman it helps
8: so i thought i'll just add that
10: um, i want to add a similar thing what alpana said um vivek so one of my best friend's mom passed away and um she was not even able to tell us that that's what happened it was due to you know, due to COVID, Um, she told um, the other two of us um, after nearly 14-15 days and we first felt that, you know, we are so close and she has stopped talking to us for 14 days what has happened. Um, But because of, uh, you know, being in this group, we were instead of, you know, crying with her and let her cry and just be in sorrow, we were able to uplift her uh, just knowing that the mother is still there in, in, in the spirits, right? So it was easy for me to just still talk and not make her wrong and you know, not feel bad that she has not shared with us and just be with her. It was just a, I don't know how to express, but it was much easier. Before that, we would have made her wrong or you know, the situation wrong or anything. Um, But this time it was easier to deal and just say that, you know, talk about your mom and she talked about it and it took us two hours, uh, a WhatsApp call, three of us. But at the end of the, you know, end of the call, she was laughing and she was so happy about it. And she was just being like, yes, my mom is with me. So uh, to come to that place itself, I feel blessed, like I was able to, you know, talk to her. So I think that's what we need to take and help others who are in need and just uplift them. That's how I felt um, to deal with such situations.
0: Who had raised the hand before?
3: Uh, Shyamala's question here. What's the law of destiny you mentioned, right, Shyamala? Sorry.
9: Yeah. There was a law of karma that was mentioned and a law of destiny. I just wanted to know whether what is the difference?
7: From what I, understand, I Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, Alpana.
3: So from what I understood was law of karma is what you did in the past life is what you're getting. Whereas law of destiny is more based upon luck and ad hoc, you know. That, oh, it's your destiny to, to be like this in this birth because uh, you're born in such and such situations, circumstances, etc. But law of karma says that uh, um, you are in this situation because of your past karmas. I think that's how I understood the two different laws. So
9: you're I saying there is there is no law of destiny, right? Sorry, Manu. I'm, I'm, it's misunderstood as a law of destiny. Right. Whereas so, what no, is...
3: Yeah, people who don't believe in law of karma, that means they believe in law of destiny. Got it. uh, The
7: the way I differentiate between them is, uh, in law of karma, you or the individual has the control. You control what you do and and what you get is based on, you know, your past actions. Um, And in law of destiny, the thing, you're basically giving up the control to someone or something else. So it, you feel like, oh, this is not under my control. This thing is happening to me, rather than you know, it's happening because of what I did in the past. So that's how I differentiate between the two. Yep, makes sense.
12: Should I, should, should I ask um, a question to on this on this topic between destiny and karma? Should one buy a lottery ticket?
4: Mathematically, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just for fun, you guys. The odds are so (laughs) much against you. You are betting that you will be hit by lightning three times, then winning the hundred million dollars. So, if you are okay with those probabilities, then yes. But otherwise, no.
12: No, I mean from a spiritual, from from this destiny and karma karma point (laughs) of view.
9: If you can if you're not expecting any outcome from it. If you're really not expecting millions from it, you can go ahead and buy it.
7: I was about to say the exact same thing, Shamla.
0: <laughs> so every time I go to a 7-Eleven, I, I buy a lottery ticket. Okay, a 7-Eleven is right next door. So far, I've not, not won any million dollars. If, for $1, I've probably got maximum is $3 I've earned back. Okay, now the question is, should we buy a lottery ticket or not? And in my view, it really does not matter from a spiritual point of view. You want to go buy it, buy it. Okay. But the point is, if you're expecting a million dollars, and if you think that lottery lottery ticket is one of the choices of getting that million dollars, and you don't want to buy it, then you're not doing your job yet.
11: Vivek, please go and buy lottery ticket. There's nothing wrong in it. If you win a million dollar, quit your job and do uh, Japan meditation that, that is the best way to do. I mean not I mean, I, mean, I mean there are so many chances of getting let's be positive. I mean I also buy a lottery ticket. I also uh, engaged in such activities. I mean but I uh, view that I will get it and I, I will use that money for better activities for myself.
3: And in fact, I never buy lottery tickets because I feel if I have some punyas accumulated, i should use them for other things not for getting
11: lottery. <laughs> no get lottery and use it for other things no <laughs> what
5: is wrong in that
3: so slightly
5: so slightly different perspective vivek
3: <laughs> buy a
5: ticket and hope that somebody will win it and be happy <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: no that's that's cool uh, so so more more for like when you, when you are paying the 1 dollar you are paying for the thrill and the expectation and the whole roller coaster ride then it's okay. It's the same thing like in when you go to Las Vegas casino, you, you go with like a fixed twenty or thirty, whatever dollars you want, and you hear all the sound, you pull the wheel and the numbers come up. And and so it's for the thrill that you pay rather than the expected expected return value from it. Then then yeah. yeah. I mean, other, yeah what why you
3: I don't buy it? If, if I were to get that million dollar, doesn't matter whether I buy a lottery ticket or not. I don't know no,
12: guys.
11: Vivek, all these people are, I mean, some of spreading negative things, please go and buy. You will win. I'm 100% confident about it.
12: You know, I uh, actually, I used to, for years, I had a subscription in the UK to the National Lottery and I cancelled it once this group started. Um, and, and I think um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, coming to that point of destiny and and karma, a, you know, my my reading is that actually destiny is a is something we say to ourselves to to explain uh, bad outcomes. We never say, you know, you rarely hear of somebody's, you know, when they actually win a million dollars or get a big promotion or uh, you know get something unexpected. It goes back to that serendipity point that you know i find so fascinating um and i think i think the <coughs> the law of karma but in in a way you know given the odds that krishna explained you know, being struck by lightning three times uh, that sounds very unlucky but you know if you beat that with a lottery with a you know 100, $100 million dollar lifetime lottery or something like that that is uh, that is good luck um uh, in, in a way you know somebody has had to have accumulate that karma to win that um, so so it sort of fits but for that to be the route to riches and pleasures and or or be able to do things for others it, that doesn't hold in my in my opinion so you know my view my understanding of destiny is we, we talk about destiny when bad things happen we don't talk about destiny when good things happen, uh, and and uh, it, it's, it's just focusing on the law of karma is probably best best way of uh, you know leading life in you know, a in a way that uh, that leads us to good destiny. Yeah, I
8: think what if you thought- believe in the law of
7: destiny, it basically um, you know. Makes you unable to take the action that you should take because you're like, oh, whether I do this or not, I'm only going to get what's in my destiny. So it takes away your will to actually do something, you know, take control of the moment, and which is, you know, not the right thing to do. Obviously, you, you should do, you know, you should continue to engage in the karma. So, so I think uh,
5: it uh, uh, it comes back to the same sort of. Uh... Classical debate uh, and Subrapiya has a kind of a couple of lectures on it uh, around free will and uh, and uh, uh, sorry, what was it? Free will and uh, and choice, right? I mean, do we have free will? I mean, the des- the law of destiny says that you know you don't have free will. There is like something that's kind of been uh, triggered by some some event in the past, and all of it is Maya, and it's all happening. Uh, but uh, the fact remains that. You know I mean as, as humans as as divas we need to we need to do we, we need to make choices and, and that is what will lead to a good karma or a bad karma and therefore our our destiny in a way is it's a bit circular argument. I mean uh, but the fact remains that you know karma is based on the concept of uh, of choices whereas destiny is based on the on the concept that there is no free will and something has been set in motion and it will play out as it was always meant to be which perhaps is, is right but i think from a practical day to day standpoint we have to work on the assumption that we have choices to make and if we make the right choices then we have uh, the future in our own hands
8: what if what if uh, Rick, you, regarding going back to your uh, lottery stuff what if you you had the urge, or you got the urge, to buy a lottery ticket because of your past or karma, and there is something um, they say, suppose you're supposed to win it, and also use that for the greater good.
12: Yeah, that's those are those are stories. I mean, like, look, uh, you're talking to somebody. I'll, I'll explain. We were all in Pilani together, right? In second year. I had, a, I had an air cooler in my room which got confiscated by the warden. Why? Because there were all these fifth year rides that I used to play cards with till three o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Satya will remember that. Um, he, um, you know, so you know, and every Diwali I've played you know, for, I haven't for a few years now, but every Diwali we try our luck with, with gambling. Okay? You know, it's not just in India and in Ch- Chinese also believe in luck big time, you know, but, but that you so said this whole thing that you buy $1, get lots of money and then do good with that, or even, you know, the, these, these lottery, at least in the UK, uh, the lottery commission requires part of the proceeds to go towards community projects and things like that. So even the act of buying <coughs> that $1 actually, you know, part or one pound goes towards that. I think it, my my sense is it's uh, these these are just stories and excuses we make to ourselves, uh, and and we we should we should just uh, so so you know I had for years and years I I do you know I, I I can be quite nasty in cards when I when I do play cards So I do believe in that I get very competitive there's nothing good about that um, there's nothing um, there is um, buying a lottery ticket is just, you know, most people, I, the, I mean, the common theme is people who win a lot of money in the lottery, their lives at the end of it, they, they usually end up losing all that money. And their lives are much worse off than they were before they won that lottery as well. I Vivek, I was,
6: yeah. Vivek, I was just cool. going to say the same thing yeah. that I don't know of any person who has won a lottery who has you know, done something good with that. And that's that's the reason and the reason that uh, Krishna says about probability, I have never bought a lottery ticket because I just think it's uh, bad both ways.
4: <laughs> there, there is a joke about uh, how, how people's mind change, right? There's a story of three robbers. They rob a temple and then halfway when they are returning back, they kind of think, oh, we after all robbed the temple. We should share something back with a God because it was God's money to begin with. So the first robber draws a circle and says, I'm going to throw the money up in the air. Whatever ends up within the circle, I will give it back to that next temple. Then the second robber says, oh no, you are very stingy. I'm going to throw the money up in the air. Whatever is in the circle is just mine. Everything else I'm going to give to God. Then the third robber throws the money up in the air and then says, God is above. Whatever he wants, he can pick it up. Whatever falls to the ground is mine.
11: Guys, any of uh, Vivek, coming to your lottery thing, I am very obsessed about it. Okay, you know, uh, Lord Krishna had given grace to Arjuna. Okay, it is all by their grace only he was able to see the form of Arjuna. So, let us believe in thy grace by lottery and hopefully the grace will come to us.
12: Well, actually, on that point, I mean, it, it, it is, it is related, you see. Uh, and and when we had those sessions way back in January, I, my my conclusion of that is that actually, he got, uh, he identified God. And there was this, the game of chance happened when he and Duryodhana went to see Krishna way back, in preparing for the war. And, and, uh, you know, Krishna could have easily said that actually Duryodhana gets the first choice. He maneuvered it so that so that he would be with Arjuna. Uh, and and so so again from me, you know, the surrender, pity, chance—that's uh, all disappeared. It was really ever since this group started. To be honest, that's my big learning from this group.
3: But uh, Vivek, in that even if Duryodhana got the first chance, it was the same outcome, right? be yeah, exact exactly.
12: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that you know three three lightning strikes versus a hundred million dollars in the lottery, that you know, that is that is already predetermined and set, right?
8: Yes, that that's what we are all coming to, Mahesh and uh, the others, it's, it's, some of others. Uh, some of us uh, saying that that predetermined de- uh, is to you winning the lottery or someone who is trying to buy the lottery. It's, who knows, right? That, that's what.
7: But the predetermined is based on your past karmas.
5: Exactly, exactly. I mean, the predetermined exactly, is not, yeah. not somebody else deciding. It's you right. deciding what you get tomorrow. So,
8: yeah, but again, that karma probably it's you have done something really good or whatever good or bad yeah and you get a lot
5: it's pre-decided by us that's the key point so let's let's tie back
0: let's tie back this discussion about lottery to the concept of uh swarupa swadharma and swabhava i think at the end of the day what 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 the gita is saying to us is you know follow your swabhava, what natural instincts, whatever is your natural way of doing things with the knowledge that we have in saying that, okay, what, what is the, uh, what is Nitya and Anitya and, and what, is, uh, what is this world all about? Follow, still follow your natural instincts. So it doesn't matter whether it is, you know, buying a lottery ticket or eating meat or eating vegetarian, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, those are all the manifestations of our natural instincts in this in this physical world, you know, knowing knowing that particular thing, that, that concept in the back of the mind, you have to do what is natural to you. That's the conclusion that I have been able to come to in this. All right. So um, I think uh, 7.29, I'm just going to quickly um, um, uh, Talk about uh, you know the shlokas for next uh, next week, but but before that you know I really like the way although the discussion went uh, here and there today you know if you if you look back there were two or three important aspects of what we discussed today that that got covered um, uh, that 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 kind of you know summarized the 38, 39 and forty the three shlokas that we talked about right like for example we talked about equanimity and we spent a lot of time in terms of you know what exactly is equanimity equanimity and uh, uh, and 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 then you know uh, uh, the the thing that transitioned into the next one was Vidya's question about how do you apply that uh, you know the, how do you how do you resolve conflict in real life? Okay, yeah, fine. I want to do this, but uh, I I'm stuck with something else. And then we we understood that you know that was the beautiful test in terms of how karma yoga can be applied, karma yoga or bhakti yoga, irrespective of which way that you see it, can be applied in that particular context. So you know, work is worship. Work as worship. Work. Is worship, right? Finally, so that's that that concept we discussed. We spent some time, and then we we again went back to went back to the concept of uh, you know, uh, uh, if if the if there is anything that 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 we that we do in in this in this world, is this is this going to be you know, we will consider it as a conflict only when, when, when there is a choice, right? When, when there's no choice in, in the situation that we're doing, I think it should be, it should, it should, it should be very, very clear what, what we are doing and that would help us in our spiritual journey. So the conflict comes only when there's a choice. So uh, if we assume that there is no choice for us in the role that we are playing, then there's no conflict. So we should just go ahead and do that particular role. So, you know, uh, you know Vidya, thank you. That, that was a very beautiful transition into, into this entire discussion in my view. Uh, for the next week, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, we should probably cover 41 to 45. Uh, they seem to be one bucket of, uh, 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 you know, concepts and uh, perhaps we should do that.
3: We should touch upon that that word Pratyavaraya uh, next time. I think we didn't cover that from 40. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. 41, 42, yeah. 43. Uh, yeah, 44. Uh, 44, actually. You
0: said till 44, right? 45, I said. But that's fine. We can cover till 44, too. Yeah, we can cover till 45. That's fine. Yeah. So, let's do Pratyabhaya plus uh, 41 to 45 for, for the next GD. Yeah.
10: Thanks, Alpana. I wanted to uh, cover a little bit more on 40 as well.
0: Um, yeah, so it's 40 to 45. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you know, one thing is right, you know, as the format that we're following here is that, you know, it's not that we don't want to discuss anything that is in the previous shloka's in the current thing, but we just focus on these things. But if you have to go back, at the end of the day, you know, it's, we are not rigid about what shloka's we have to follow. It's about, you know, expanding our vision about who we are and about how we relate to this world. Okay. All right. With that uh, great timing. So uh, two, three minutes is okay. Acceptable Indian Indian standard delays. Okay. Let's say with uh, conclude with our ashtokas. Oh Asatoma
1: sadkamaya. Tamasoma jyotirkamaya. Mhrityorma Brutangamaya. Oh. Shanti, shanti, shanti. Shri Guru Om. Sarve Jana Thank you
0: so much. Have a blessed uh, rest of your day and see you next week.
12: Bye. Haryo. Haryo.
1: Thank you. Bye. Haryo.